Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we are dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in a fun, hopefully fun, and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper. I'm the host of the podcast and lead pastor here at Crosswinds Church. Uh, Let me uh, give a special shout out to our producer, Elijah Merrill. Uh, As I say every episode, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Anything that's good is because of him. Anything that isn't, I will take full responsibility. If you want to learn more about the podcast or anything Crosswinds related, head on to our website at crosswinds.church. Well, last week, we got to begin to to know uh, by hearing their story of how they came to Christ, Sam and uh, Reka Abraham. Uh, they are here and, and sharing, and uh, it's great to have you back, Sam the, and Reka, to be a part of this podcast. Thank you again. Thank you, Greg. If you did not hear the last podcast, you'll want to probably stop this one and go back and hear that one because it was left with a cliffhanger. Uh, Reka had shared how when her father um, was actually uh, ill in the hospital near death, um, uh, that she uh, heard the, the voice of God. Uh, a verse, uh, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and that she was on a journey of, of a couple years or so to, to find out exactly um, where that was, that she mm-hmm. had no idea that was from the Bible, no idea that the Christians had a Bible, right? right. And, and so where we left off, if I, understand, if I remember correctly, was you actually found a group of Christians. Right. You go in, you're introduced to their pastor, Right. And you were asking who their guru was, right? And, right? and so they come up with their pastor. She had made a commitment that the the God who would heal her father, and he was healed, yes, that you would be his slave. Right. And so she fell down at the, at the feet of this pastor and said, I'm your slave. That right. Because he shared with her. It's in the Bible, shared John 3.16 with her. And she knew that this then was the true God who who, sa- who saved her father, healed her father. And so she, and he said to her, of course, no, you're not a slave. You're a daughter. Right. Uh, of God's and mm-hmm. so you, of God. And, and so now pick up where we left off. He gives you a small Bible that you had to hide right. because you can't let your dad's Hindu, uh, a, right. a, a, a very prominent man in your community. Yes. Um, you, you quote unquote, can't have a Bible. No, I can't. <laughs> so, so take us from there, but you have this small Bible. Yeah, we did. And uh, of course, uh, through this journey, my sister was with me. She's uh, older than me. She's two years older than me. And then we both were in this together, and uh, we used to, uh, I remember reading our Bible, like we put blanket on uh, on us, and we, we took a flashlight, and like in middle of the night, we used to read the Bible, but uh, because if anybody come and see us reading the Bible, we will be in big trouble, so... That's how we read our Bible. But we couldn't, like when we started the re- started reading Bible and when I opened the first page, I couldn't understand nothing. I said, what is this? This is all about this one was born to him. And, you know, sure. it's all genius. Me and my sister I said, no, I'm sure there is more in, in that, you know. So we started from where the pastor took us, like John chapter 3. So we started okay. from there reading it more and more. and And we went to church, like without my daddy's knowledge, you know. 
somehow in my heart, like I said, oh, am I betraying my dad, you know, because I I don't want to do anything that my dad don't like it, you know, that that's... Uh, that's how, because he's been a good father, I want to be a good daughter and reading this word. So I told my sister, don't you think so? Like, you know, but she told me, but remember, this God gave our daddy back, you know, wow. so we can't like, you know, which one do you say is more betraying, you know? So we kept going to church without my daddy's knowledge. And and one time we got back, we decided to take baptism because now we know more about the Lord. And, you know, we were so eager to take baptism. And we told the pastor that we really want to take baptism. And, of course, we were baptized. And and somehow that day my father found out that we got baptized because we never stay out of the house for this long. And, you know, we never lied to our parents. or we. Um, and we had a driver who used to drive us. Uh, and technically, I think he told dad, you okay. know, something is happening here. They are in the beach and <laughs> some people are giving, uh, like uh, dipping them in the water. And <laughs> so I think he he's the one who passed the messages. So when we came home, uh, my dad, he was sitting in the couch and he had a big cane in his hand and he was wrapping a, a copper wire like a, he we used to, my dad is a businessman and we made electrical appliances and we manufactured it so he know everything about the electric stuff and everything so he cut the wire and you know how the inside the insulation there is copper yeah so he took that um, the insulation off and he he wrapped the copper around the cane and on the top he left some some of the copper like you know I don't know how to explain that but yeah. then but if you if you get a whack with that the skin would come off of it because the copper you know it's like a hook yeah uh, so he 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 was and I I knew that we are dead like you know if we lie that uh, oh you know my sister said we better tell the truth you know because you know what even if we tell the truth either way we are going to get it so let's just tell the truth because he don't he don't like anybody lying on his face. So we my dad said, uh, "Where where are you coming from?" And we, were, we by the time we were shaking like a leaf, and then he we said, "Dad, we we went for we had a baptism." And I think he he knew a little bit like you know, I mean of course Hindus don't do baptism you know. <laughs> so, and then uh, as soon as we said that, all I know is. Uh, Oh, he just beat us uh, so bad. And then um, he dragged us. By the time we were so tired, he he beat us up, so, like, you know, without stopping. And he dragged us. He pulled our hair and he dragged us to one room and he uh, shut us in the room. And uh, for seven days, he did not give us no food, no water. But you every, were locked in a room for seven days? We were locked, yeah. And he, it was like, you know, you deny him and then we will give you, um, I will give you food and water if you deny this Christ. And uh, and you can come and eat and everything will be normal. It should be fine. And then, uh, of course, like every evening he would uh, put a feast like on the table and open the door and he said, uh, okay, bring them out. So my mom will open the door and we she would bring them out and she would tell us on the way and tell tell that, yes, you deny and you can have food, you know. And then every day we would come out and we he will set a feast and he would put all the favorite food that I love, you know. And he said, if you say no, if you deny Christ, you can come and have the food. And every day we would say no. 
But then, of course, I was getting weak and tired. My sister said, no, no, we, we cannot be weak. We decided, remember, we promised God that we are going to be his, uh, his slave and we are going to serve him. And now we can't deny, you know. I said, but why is he not helping us? Because, you know, uh, why is he not helping? We are going to die. It's almost like six and a half days. No water, no nothing. And every evening you come out, there is food, but we can't be denied. But I remember on the sixth day, he said, if you, uh, we were very weak and we were tired. Of course, we were bruised with all that beatings too. And then he said, uh, yeah, on the sixth day, I said, I think uh, he said, okay, you can eat. But my sister started singing a song. Uh, we have decided to follow Jesus. And uh, there is no turning back, no turning back. I sang with her. I said, yes, there. we have decided to follow Jesus. In front of your father? Uh, in front of my father. Yeah, and he was furious when he heard that he was furious. He beat us up again and locked us again back in the room, you know. Did you not eat? No. So he beat you and put you back in put the room. You, so it's yeah. like seven days, no seven, food, no... No food, no water, even no water. Yeah, he put us in the room and then... And then I think on the seventh day, oh uh, yeah, he had a dream. He fell off of his bed, <laughs> and uh, he he fell off of his bed screaming, you know. And then my mom woke up scared, and my mom asked him, "What happened? You know, what, what happened?" And he said, "I don't know. I had this dream, and somebody calling me, um, Paul, Paul. Why are you persecuting my children? And I don't know what it is." And and my mom said, I'm sure it's their God troubling you, you know. And uh, you see, my mom said, you better open them up. But he was so scared of that dream that he gave the key to mom and he said, go open them. And and uh, at that moment, I don't know, he thought anything. He was just scared of that dream. And my, of course, mom came and opened the door and she said, what do you want to eat? I said, mom, I don't want to eat. Just give me a glass of water, wow. you know. And that's after seven days, me and my sister were having a glass of water. Uh, for the first, <laughs> yeah, so, and then dad, uh, uh, he called us out and um, he said, I understand your faith and everything. And that that's the time I told him, dad, remember when you were really sick? And, so he, had, uh, he hadn't heard this story? Oh, no, okay. we couldn't tell him right, nothing. Right. Like, you know, it's it's a different scenario. We can, because we respect our dad so much. Like, if I tell him all this, he will think that, you know, it, he would, every time he would take it as a rebellious thing. Sure, sure. You know, so we couldn't share anything with him. And the way he was, like, he was very strict. So, and that time uh, I told dad that you were very sick. So um, this is when uh, I I heard the voice of God. And that's when I decided to serve him, you know. Nobody forced me. Nobody took me there. or, And he just sat there quiet. And uh, he said... Well, you know, you know my stand. You know where I am. I'm the leader of your commu our community. So if you do this, it will be a shame. Uh, like, you know what's, what's the consequence is going to be. And he said, either I will kill you or some of the community member will come and kill you. Either, th either one is going to happen. <laughs> I said, uh, I don't know that what to say. But even if I die, my sister and me said, even if we die... I think we die in Christ if if that's what God wanted, you know, but we are not going to turn back. And then he was just silent. He he went off and then he said, don't let anybody know that you're here, you know, you're going to church like, you know. And then, of course, we started our journey 
we 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 hide ourselves um, like for many years uh, like that we went to church and then things slowly t- started take picking up like picking up means uh, my daddy got saved my brother got saved Boy, we can't we can't just look over this so your dad originally you come you come in he knows you've been baptized yes he beats you and throws you in a room for 7 days right has this dream that, uh-huh. that scares him so much he sends your mom in right to, to get you and he says to you, look, if someone finds out, either I'm going to have to kill you or someone in the community will. Right. How's he come to Christ? And then uh, later on, we used to call our pastor that the church we used to go to. And I said, Dad, I don't I don't know all the answers because I don't understand the whole thing of Bible. And uh, not every Sunday we were able to go to church. Only when, when Daddy is out of state or something like that, that's the day we went to church. So we couldn't learn any much more we couldn't answer his question so I said there is a pastor who can answer all your question who can answer your dream and you know interpret your dream dream what is what it is and I don't know what it is so he said okay let him come and he let the pastor come in and uh, he explained and, and I'm assuming that's a big deal that oh it is a big deal. deal I mean to have a pastor come in come he would not let Anybody come in, like, you know, right, right. from any other. Again, you know. it has to be done in a confined way, too. Confined, yeah, no yeah. one needs yeah, no, to yeah, no right. know, right? Right, okay. yeah. Yeah, so he said, this is the time he's going to come. And we made it in a way where, you know, others are not watching him coming or things like that. So Sure. Yeah, so he let the pastor come and talk to him. And, uh, you know, talk to him means he shared the word. He he showed him the story of uh, of Paul, you know, and everything. He was pretty convinced, but but his ego, or maybe not ego, uh, not yeah. really ego, the obligation from the community. obligation sure. from yeah. the community. And yeah. he was thinking of all the consequence and right. uh, that you know the community have to go through, and and uh, he was pretty much like you know. Uh, he wanted to serve. No, he, he, at that time, at that point, he did not want it to serve. But he cannot deny the truth either. Uh, so he was just. It's quite a dilemma. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, yes, and of course, the Holy Spirit was convincing him too. Sure, you know? too. So there yes, is a, there is a, a conscious bothering him on yes. a daily basis. And the enemy, exactly, the devil, the devil, also trying uh, also to influence trying him too. Yeah. Right? So he was in so between. It's a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. Yeah, it went on for a long time. How long did it go on? It went on for at least another 20 years or so, right? Oh, yeah. He, How long? T- at least 10 more years. 10 more years? 10 more years. Yeah, 10. It was after our marriage. So Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right after we got married that uh, the one after another issues were happening in his life, and he totally came to a surrender and said, I, he, I, I wanted to accept Christ, so, which he did. Uh, and I was able to witness that as well. Oh, wow. By the grace of God. And then... Uh, again, you know, uh, God touched his son, his elder son, which is her brother, and then I had the privilege to baptize both of them. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> so right after our marriage. So it is amazing way God transformed their life. What happens, your father, I'm assuming, is still a leader in the community. Yes, he is. What, what happens now that he's a believer, a follower of Christ? Well, we ha- he had to go through a lot of consequences because it was, it was really, tough, yeah, yeah he, it was really tough. Plus uh, his business, like, right, he, mm, the license and everything that he got because he was Hindu. And now if he become a Christian, that would, it, 
Yeah. It's a chaos. Basically, like, basically he was ostracized. Okay. Yeah, so it's went from one one uh episode to another episode uh, finally he has to wind up his business and literally go from his hometown to another city and uh, bought a house he totally relocated he has to so and that's that's when uh, we met and and uh, we got married and all that so okay uh talk <laughs> to me about that so how do you guys find each other oh <laughs> that that's going to you have to go to other episode then no, 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 we got we got time we got time i got to okay so everyone's asking the question uh, if i don't ask it i'm going to get right, in trouble right. for our audience right. so but let me let me uh, start then uh, she can maybe fill in so now they got saved yes. so they started praying secretly and uh, especially with their mother praying uh, that we want to marry a christian man so both her and her sister they were praying and so meanwhile with my uh, life you know i was saved and i started you know being mentored by another pastor uh, and uh, i i knew god called me for ministry so i was getting trained in the ministry and uh, i was fully involved in evangelistic work and so we were traveling preaching the gospel into unreached uh, p- uh, people groups and what not so i was really uh, involved in ministry at that point of time so a friend of mine pastor came to me and said uh there is a young girl in mumbai which he knows their family and all this transformation story he knew and he said you know they are really praying for a christian man to be married and uh, i was wondering if you are interested and of course in india it's an arranged marriage system right 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 so it comes through family or well wishers friends uh, others you know so and then the elders and parents will get together and they will uh, have an interaction with each families and then finally they will decide if they would uh, uh, allow them to get married or not so again you know i was part of the same we both were part of the same uh, you know culture you know so but when the pastor came and told me i said no oh, no 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 i was not ready for that marriage at that time you know i said no no i am not ready and uh, i i was literally scared as a matter of fact <laughs> because i knew marriage is a big deal yes. and the and the girl's family particularly wanting to know you know my whereabouts and how much money i'm making i'm capable enough to look after her for the rest of her life and i have to prove that you know all that all my uh, you know backgrounds and financial st- uh, you know uh, you know ability and what not so with all that as a missionary uh, as a young person you know i was in i was very insecure at that time i said i i couldn't answer any of those questions you know so i'm not ready to marry so i brushed him off and you know he went off and almost a year later he came back to me again and he said sam do you remember that girl we were talking about and i said yeah yeah i remember but did she get married and he said no she's waiting for you oh wow <laughs> i said why why she's waiting for me i never gave my word or anything you know why is she waiting for me then he began to tell those stories you know some of these stories that she was sharing and then i was little you know concerned and i got serious and i said lord uh, if this is the right girl for me to marry then i need to have a confirmation from you uh so uh, we we got into a prayer time a serious prayer time especially with myself and my local church at that time 
I didn't tell this to anybody, but I kept this as a, a personal prayer request. And we were fasting for a season at that time. Uh, I remember it was a 10 days fasting, you know, there were specific prayer needs we had. And I was also in the, in the prayer meeting. And But this was my personal prayer request, along with all the other things we were praying. And I said, Lord, if this is the right girl for me, give me some kind of confirmation so I would know, and then I can talk to my parents and my elders. And so on the third day of my prayer, I have uh, I was given a, a seven-digit number in my mind. And I was in my uh, prayer bed, and, and I was kneeling down and praying, and I got prompted in my spirit to you note know, down these numbers. So I, I was scribbling down in my journal and these numbers and appeared to be like a phone number. And so I said, uh, what is it? And, and, and God continued to prompt me that go ahead and call this number, dial this number. Dial this number. This is a phone number. Dial this number. So in my mind, I was thinking maybe somebody in need of prayer or somebody's in hospital or we heard testimonies like that many times and stories like that. And so with that kind of expectation, I got from my my prayer, uh, you know, uh, time and I go to the phone and I dial this number and guess who was answering the phone? It was Rekha. <laughs> it was her. And so now we are. So what do you do? I, we were spo- speechless. You <laughs> yeah. know, I was. I didn't know what to say, and I. I didn't make a, a, a conversation. I didn't make a plan for a, a you know a, a meeting as such. You were ready you know. to pray. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first thing she asked me. So where did you get my phone number? Wow. Because uh, you know when I introduced this is me uh, calling and, and, and first thing she asked where did you get my phone number and so I had a lot of explanation to do you know because uh, I was trying you know well you know you know I was in prayer God gave me this number all that you know I didn't know how how, how well I explained but but this was the twist of that story uh, in that one year gap you know I was talking about since that pastor came and talk talked to me about uh, this girl. Uh, things were happening in, in their hometown. I mean, her dad has to leave the hometown. And so they came to my city and bought a house and they renovated the house and they just moved into the house and they applied for a telephone and the phone company came and hooked up the number, I mean, the, uh, the, the telephone, Beautiful. but never gave them the number yet. Because that's how it happens in India. Back then. Oh, they, yeah. yeah, back then, mm-hmm. you know. So they, they, they will connect the phone and all that, but then they have to wait for a certain time. And the uh, phone company will call them directly and give them the number. So when I called them, she thought it's the phone company calling. It was so you new, knew her number, but she didn't even know her She number. didn't even know. The no, whole family we didn't, didn't know. know. None of them didn't know We the all number. were actually, by when the phone rang, we all were by the phone and uh, waiting for the to get the number. And well, that at least helps. <laughs> the family were like, well, at least he knows our number. That helps. <laughs> yeah. so, so when I told this story, and you know, they were they were absolutely amazed. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and immediately as we begin to uh, share a few minutes, uh, there, was a, there was that inner confirmation again, God. Yeah. Said it is. It is that is it. I, I knew uh, beyond doubt, and this is it. So we both had that peace of mind, and we realized. And so then we began to communicate with our parents and our elders, and uh, they got together. They met each other, and uh, uh, you know, then the rest of it is history. You know, <laughs> we got married within the next. Uh, How do you find out? Uh, just out of curiosity, so you have the elders and you have your family together, and. How do you find out that they have said, yes, we put our blessing on this? Uh, well, Because uh, this is obviously different than... Correct. Now, as a father yeah. whose who's, uh, daughter is married to an amazing Christian young man, but 
before that, before I knew he was an amazing Christian young man, all that, this is the way I'd want to do it. Right. Because, you know, I'd want to be able to say, yeah, you know, you know that type of thing. He Correct. asked me if he could marry her. I Correct. mean, we do that here somewhat. Correct. But, but you're expected to say yes. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of things happen in between. Sure. So this pastor who came and uh, introduced us to each other and all, you know, he was communicating with the families as well. Okay. So he was like a mediator. Okay. You know, that's how in our culture it happens. So there was a lot of, you know, uh, interactions and a lot of uh, negotiations and as far as in terms of dowry and all that. And, of course, I wasn't interested about dowry or anything, you know, so that part was not uh, difficult at all. But they wanted to know what kind of income I have. And so um, one thing happened, you know, later on I came to know her dad and a couple of his friends came secretly, interviewed me. Oh, <laughs> so I was I was in my ministry uh, office at the time, and so my friend came and said, "Oh, there's a couple of people coming. They wanted to see you." And I said, "Where are they coming from?" Oh, they said, uh, "So and so places, and they just want to have a chat with you and to you know to know about ministry." They said, and so I said, "Oh, okay, of course, you know, I welcome them." And they came and sat with me, and and uh, then you know after a while. They started asking some personal questions, you know. <laughs> so, so what kind of ministry you do, and where's that money comes from? Where, how much money you have as a personal support, and all that? I said we live by faith, and this is a mission. We serve the Lord, and we preach the gospel. We travel, and and God makes provisions, and and I don't have any any specific income to show or anything, and. But so I was very honest. Little that I knew, it is my <laughs> would be father-in-law, you know, interviewing me, you know. So, but I was honest with him, and so then he said, you know, if you have to get married or something, you know, how would you provide for your family? What what would uh, what would be your uh, position then? You know, I said, you know, we again we trust God. You know, God is faithful; He will make a way. And uh, this is my confidence. I said, you know, if I have to get married, God will provide a roof over my head, uh, and God will provide clothes for us. God will give food for us. So, what more we need? So we will continue to serve the Lord. So I just casually, without knowing anything, I just simply <laughs> with my faith and my confidence in the mm-hmm. Lord, and I just simply said that. But later, uh, her dad went back to her home and said, you know, I like that young guy because he he was very confident. Um, then it also touched his heart in a special way because when he was getting married many years ago, his father-in-law asked the same kind of question to him. Sure, sure. And so he gave the same kind of answer even though he was not a Christian. My, he, sa- yeah. he said, God will help me. And with God's help, even though he was serving another God, sure. you know, he said, with God's help, I will make sure that we will have a roof on our head, uh, huh. clothes for us to clothes wear. Clothes for your daughter, yeah. Uh, um, and, and also food for your daughter. You know? Wow. So when he heard the same kind of words from my mouth, he was stirred up and he was really moved. Wow. And so that softened his heart as well to make up his mind as a, as a father, you know. And, and and again, he was not a fully devoted Christian at that time. Right, this is before between, he's a Christian, Before we right? become, yeah, totally. Because he's not know, a Christian until he, how long after you're married? Uh, probably about a year, after a year. Wow. Yeah. A year or two. So yeah. God's yeah. still, it's mm-hmm. obviously you, even using this, I'm assuming. Right? Correct. God, God was, is even using this. Exactly. He to, was to in bring that, right. in that, He was in that process. Wow. And God was using this wow. as a means of, you know, changing his life as well. So then, again, so he was totally confident, and that's all the families were waiting for. His decision was crucial. 
So he went and told everybody that, yeah, I like it. And I will I will uh, uh, allow my daughter to marry him, you know. So, so and then the both of our family got together, planned everything, and next thing you know, uh, in six months' time, we got married. And uh, we had 2,000 people attended our wedding. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a big wedding. That's a really big that wedding. A big wedding. Was a big because wedding. Uh, he was well-known. And uh, this is the last marriage in the, in the family. He is the, she's the youngest in the family. So he wanted to really, uh, you know, have a good wedding. And uh, But we had a lot of people attended our, our wedding without even invitation. Okay. Because, right. <laughs> because many people who knew me and from ministry... Uh, and they oh, said, oh, sure. oh, yeah, so they all came. And it's, it's very cultural, too, you know. They, and they will come and shake hands with you and say, Sam, you didn't invite me, but we still came to <laughs> bless you. <laughs> I feel so awful and guilty at that time. <laughs> but it, was a, it was such a blessing, yeah, yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit about your ministry, because you're, you're obviously um, pastoring here uh, in Rochester, but you pastored for many years in India. Yes. What led you here? Well, again, to make the story short, uh, we were quite involved in uh, church planting in India. And, uh, of course, in the northern part of India, we had very less uh, Christian uh, uh, mission work. And uh, that's, that's a, that has been our focus for the last little while. We've been, uh, you know, so many mission agencies who are working towards uh, those areas. We're reaching out people groups uh, who never knew about Christ. You know, So we have... Uh, 139 languages and more than 3,000 people groups that still uh, need to be reached out. And so we were passionate about uh, mission work, and so that's that was the work we were doing. But little that we knew, uh, well, persecution was, you know, prominent. It is happening, and we knew about persecution. We've been into situations, and we had been through. But little that we knew, we were targeted. Uh, personally, me, my wife, and my, our children were targeted in such a way because of our fro- forefront uh, uh, mission involvement. And uh, lives were changed, and uh, you know, many people were getting saved. We would go into villages and places where nobody wants to go, many threatening places, uh, and by the power of God, lives will be changed. And so uh, we were uh, known in the community, and so the uh, fanatics and uh, who hate the gospel and uh, they made a plan and they were coming after us and they threatened to kill us and uh, they would show up at my door when I was not home and they said they I will rape my your girls and uh, your wife and all that kind of things you know were happening on a daily basis and so we went through that for a season and uh, we were uh, really troubled in our spirit we were asking God Lord what to do and uh, God made a way, and uh, God said, just leave. Uh, that's all we heard, just leave. We were troubled, we were confused, we didn't know what to do. And I was personally, uh, with my faith, and I was willing to die for the sake of the gospel. But when I think about my wife and children, you know, I was, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what to say to God, you know. So I said, Lord, this one, one thing, I can't handle it. And so the Lord said, you know, just leave. And that's all we, we knew. And so one day we decided, we prayed, and we decided we are, we, we're going to uh, leave from the scene, you know. And so we asked for the U.S. government to give us visa, and uh, that's what happened. And we left the country in the middle of the night, uh, just having our backpacks on our shoulders, and we left. And that's how we ended up in uh, in U.S. And how long have you been in the States? Uh, this is six years ago. We came in 2016, yeah. Yeah. 
and god made a way and uh, we knew some friends and uh, you know through uh, you know conversations and we ended up in uh, uh, a small town called hornell and then uh, uh, we were praying we were waiting on the lord and we didn't know what to do which direction to move or what god's plan was the first six months were certainly and you know uh, troubled and we we were so uh, uh, hopeless in a way even though we trusted god but that uncertainty leaving our hometown leaving our familiar uh, ministry field and uh, all our loved ones it was hard and uh, uh, but god was sustaining us and encouraging us and uh, prompting us to just to wait on him uh, and he will open a door and i as a as a father as a husband you know i would hide my tears and my my anxiety from my family because i don't want them to be con- uh, confused or con- discouraged and so i would let them sleep and i would be up all night i had many sleepless nights i would stay up in uh, in my bed in the middle of the night uh, asking god what are we going to do lord what is the next chapter of my life and in the middle of all that i lost my dad a very close a uh, mentor and my my hero uh, and uh, as soon as we left home um we we came to know that he passed away and we couldn't be you know with him for the last moments of his life and attend the funeral or anything and uh, it, it was it was a price that we had to pay for the sake of uh, uh, you know serving him following him and it reminded us of a scripture bible jesus told his disciple if you want to follow me uh, deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me you know that calling is so deeper you know some of us have to pay a heavy price you know and uh, that's what i realized and then god said i have a purpose and plan just wait on me and so one after another uh god began to connect us with the wonderful uh, brothers and sisters around and and then through it all we came in contact with the wesleyan uh, church leadership and uh, the district penn york district leadership and uh, we began to interact with uh, pastor matt pickering and uh, he heard our stories and he uh, took us under his wings and said you know we will pray together god will show us what 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 is his plan you know that's how we we ended up in rochester and we came to know there's a church planting opportunity is here people are and we've been passionate in ministering to people that are coming from unreached people groups and different uh, religious backgrounds and we, that has been our mission experience all these years and we have seen amazing amazing way god touching lives and so we are we were totally uh, dedicated for that purpose as well and so this is our prayer lord if you brought us here for a reason you know give us give us an open door so we can continue to serve you and to share this good news with others and so we were so uh, grateful that the wesleyan church um community was really really uh, passionate about reaching out and they opened the door and uh, wholeheartedly welcomed us and gave us this uh, this opportunity to plant the church in the city right that's how i got the opportunity yeah, yeah. to meet you yes was dr matt calling and saying hey uh, craig would you meet with this couple i've been talking to them but i want to get some other eyes and sort of the regional director of uh, church planning for our district and as we sat down and and talked and yes i think i texted him almost right away and so mm-hmm. we got to talk yes. uh, god's doing something here right and um so the plans came in for you to to do this church plant in right. West Henrietta right 
And, uh, you know, some, some won't know this. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll have to go into another episode. So here's another cliffhanger. <laughs> Absolutely. And, 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 and you won't want to miss it. So we'll stop for this week and then we'll pick up next week and, and come all the way up to where we are today. Uh, and so if you, uh, if you've caught this episode, obviously listen to the whole thing, you'll want to definitely catch the next week's episode as we sort of bring us up to where we are today in this church plant in, in Rochester. Uh, remember to check out crosswinds.church. Uh, that's where you can find out about this podcast and all things crosswinds. For now, be blessed and bless others. Yeah.